Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Important day uh, for us as a body. And how many of you know that we're not the only church in town? We're not the only church in Oklahoma. We're not the only church in America, right? We're not even the only church in the, in the world. We are part of a worldwide body of believers, and this is a very significant day in the life of the church, and so we want to talk about that a few moments. Uh, as I mentioned about four weeks ago, we've been in this series over the last three weeks called Enemies, and we'll pick that up again next week, but about four weeks ago, if you will remember, as I just mentioned, we launched a uh, thing called Our Place, and we ask you to help us as we begin to walk into our promise, where God is leading us, where God is trying to position us to find our place, that we would be able to walk into that place that promised provision, because we know that God doesn't want us to show up empty-handed, that He wants us to be positioned properly when we find our place. And so I, I told you that that is our responsibility. We have to do that. But I want to come back this morning and make sure that you understand by this public declaration that I'm getting ready to make as a clear announcement and proclamation that our place does not matter, has no significance if we arrive at our place without our power. All right, I'm preaching right now. If you're waiting for the message, here it is. We're, we're doing it right now because we're going to run this, this, this service a little bit different this morning. But, but you need to understand what I just, the statement that I just made. That we could have the, the finest building, the most architecturally jaw-dropping, uh, breathtaking structure. We can have all the finest elements of technology, the lights, the sound, the projection, the smoke, all of that, work it all together, and that can be our place. But unless we back that up, Without the power, then we've wasted our time. I can still remember when I was a junior in college, I had the opportunity and the privilege to travel to London, England on a mission trip for six weeks. And while I was there, we had some days that we got to go sightsee. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but some of the world's most phenomenal places of what, are, what we would call places of worship, churches, are located there pristine, you walk in and, and honestly you're just in total and complete amazement at the intricate detail in the architecture, the, the paintings are just, just unimaginable, you sit there at all of what they've done. And from an architectural standpoint, they're phenomenal. But they're nothing more than museums. These houses that were constructed by the hands of men to house majesty, they, they're majestic in their scope and in their detail, but the dilemma and the plight of those, those places is that they no longer house him. While I was there, hundreds if not thousands of people were lined up to take photographs of these cathedrals. But nobody was lined up to encounter God. Nobody was trying to get into those buildings to get answers from God, to have an encounter with God, to have a face-to-face -face 
time and experience with God, they were only there to take pictures. And I came to tell you this morning that if we don't have our power, that is our destiny. Because without God's power and without the move of God's spirit and without his presence here, we are wasting our time and we have no hope and no future. See, today is a special day because, uh, it, you know, I, I just want to remind you publicly that corporately as a body that we have to be clear. The Bible very clearly states that if the laborers build the house and God doesn't build it, they labor in vain. We can do everything. We can put all the systems, all the programs, all the, 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 the blocks, the building stones that are necessary to build, quote, quote, a church. But unless God builds it, we labor in vain. Because the Bible clearly states that the battle is the Lord's. It's not ours. We are not responsible other than to show up and to fight on God's behalf. He, he works through us, but in, in all reality, the battle is the Lord's, and we must depend on Him. And so we must partner with His power that is in us and allow that power to flow through us so that we have the hope in the future that He has for us. Today's special because it's our birthday. And those of you that have been with us for a while go, well, that's odd. I thought we launched in August. I'm not talking about just our church. It is Christianities. It is church. It is the church's birthday. Do you know what today is? It's the day of Pentecost. 50 days after the day of Easter, we are we have arrived today on the day of Pentecost. And it was on this day that the power of God was made manifest and not only fell on, and here's an important distinction, it not only fell on the disciples, it actually indwelled the disciples. See, that was a good point. Y'all didn't get it. See, what you've got to understand is that in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would fall on people and they would, uh, they would do what God said and then the Spirit would depart. But because of what happened on this day, everything has changed. And now the Spirit of God dwells in us. That's an important and significant change. That day changed everything, and it must continue to change everything. Pentecost and the personal, catch this, and the personal experience and encounter with the Holy Spirit is a core tenet of this church. That's why we hung it on the wall right there. Passion Church, core value. It's not for decorations. We believe that a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit from God is imperative and that it is necessary. It doesn't make you a better citizen in the kingdom of God than somebody else. But what it does, it's a gift from God that enables you to operate in power To when you embrace it and when you experience it. It allows you to fulfill your de destiny and your purpose and your plan. Our power as a body is wrapped up in Pentecost. Not in our slick programs or our good music. It is solely contingent upon the power and the operation of the Holy Spirit. And so I think we need to go back this morning and read again about this historic day and discover what took place in history. But we must also recognize and realize that what took place in history must have present day meaning as well. 
If you've been attending a Pentecostal church more than about two seconds, you can probably quote the passage of Scripture that I'm getting ready to read. But I think we've forgotten the significance of it. It's found in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says this, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, And it set upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so our power that we have to learn to rely on is the power of Pentecost. Charles Spurgeon understood he was one of our forefathers, and I think it's necessary to understand that he knew that we were completely relying upon the power of the Holy Spirit because that's where we have to be. He said it like this. He said, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Everybody say nothing. He got it right. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without wind or chariots without horses. Like branches without sap, we are withered. Like coals without fire, we are useless. Without the Spirit of God. Jim Cimbala said this. My father read this at Passion University and it's kind of penetrated my spirit this week and I want you to hear what he says. He says, the only power that will keep us victorious on a daily basis comes through the Holy Spirit. It is not about what we can do but what God can do. Gospel work in our day must be more than just little stories or doctrinal presentations and polite lectures. It must carry a sense of God's living power. It must show a living Holy Spirit who is still active on earth. God is waiting to empower us. The need today to confront the works of darkness is greater than it has ever been. Anybody want to say an amen to that? The influence of filth and violence in people's lives will not be destroyed by polite talk. There is a divine antidote to the demonic powers that stir up young people to shoot up schools and to worship dark impulses. Our only hope is in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a mission from Jesus himself, and only the outpouring of the Spirit's power will enable us to make a difference. Whatever God is doing today in our world, he is doing through the Holy Spirit. He has no other agent on this planet. Then he says this, listen to this statement. The key to a dynamic Christian church is the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Christianity is hopeless without him. The church cannot be the church without the Holy Spirit abiding and empowering it. The degree, catch this, the degree to which we understand and experience the Spirit of God will be the exact degree to which God's plan for our church will be accomplished. And I would add to that that either we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us or we marginalize our church. Either we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us or we marginalize our lives as Christians. So I want to point out to you this morning, pointing back to Acts chapter 2 and what took place, that number one, that a sound invaded the room that day and it was birthed only out of unity. you got to catch that. 
It specifically says in Acts chapter 2 that they were all in one accord. That signifies that they were unified. There was no division. There was no uh, uh, breakdown or, or separation among them. It doesn't mean they conformed to one another. It, means they, it meant they were in unified and that they were in lockstep and they believed the same thing and they were pressing for the same thing and they were believing for the same thing. And out of that spirit of unity, God's Holy Spirit fell. We have gone to great lengths to teach you over the last few months that the one and only place that God says that he will actually command a blessing is the place that is marked and characterized by unity. I don't know about you, but I want to live in the place and I want to attend church at a place where there is a commanded blessing. That the enemy's attempts to thwart that and to uh, destroy that are met by the power of God and their people are so unified that you can't help but be blessed that's the kind of church I want us to be that only comes when we're unified I want you to recognize out of Acts chapter 2 that it was their unity that drew the Holy Spirit the Bible says that they were unified and the Spirit fell. And then it says that their, their sound drew men. I think maybe perhaps today we have flopped that and think that our sound will draw people. I got news for you. We will not draw anyone with just our sound. We will draw people when they find a house that is bathed in unity. Because when we are unified, the Spirit will come. And then a sound will be produced and people will be drawn. And so this morning I want to call you to unity. I know I've done it in the past, but I want to call you back to it once again. I want to point out it's important that we, it's important so we cannot continue, we cannot become, we cannot fulfill our destiny and purpose unless we're unified. And so this morning I want to challenge you that during the course of this service, this service is going to be extremely different than what we normally do. You can already tell that. I want to encourage you that we must operate in unity. And so, therefore, I want to challenge you. If you have hard feelings towards somebody that's in this room, you need to make it right. The Bible very clearly states that you cannot even approach God and ask Him for anything. If you have odd in your heart against someone, you're supposed to take your offerings and lay them at the altar and stand up and walk away and go make it right. And so, if there's somebody in this room that you're at odds with, that there's pain, the hurt feelings, you need to go make it right. We won't, we won't look down on you we just say hey they're just talking but you need to go find them and talk to them but I even give you permission maybe the person that you have hard feelings towards not here I give you permission right during the praise and worship service to pick up your telephone and call them and say I was in worship and I sense the Holy Spirit say to me we got to be in unity and I ask you to forgive me and let's make this thing right because without unity there's no power so you have my permission to do that. But I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit's power has been given. We're talking past tense with present implications. It was already given. And I think most of us, what we do is we stop reading after verse 4 and we don't understand that there were ultimate results that have to be carried out in our daily life. Hear me this morning. We need the power operating in our lives. And I'm going to tell you the results, and then we're going to actually 
operate in those results this morning because there were five things that happened once the power of the Holy Spirit fell. We believe the power of the Holy Spirit has fallen. And so these results should be fulfilled. Acts chapter 2, beginning of verse 42, says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, and all the, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all but the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let me read verse 46 and 47 to you out of the Message Bible. It says they followed a daily discipline of worship. We'll come back to that in just a moment. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw, and every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. What are the five results of this empowering that we've experienced? We're going to break them up and do a few at a time. I want to share the first two with you. The first one is this. It says that once the power of the Holy Spirit fell, they fellowshiped. They knew one another. They were intricately involved and interwoven in each, one, each other's lives, one another's lives. They actually knew about one another. Here's our problem. Some of you don't even know the names of the people sitting in here, even though you've been worshiping with them for months. That has to change. If the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon us, then what should take place is that we should become intimately involved in one another's lives. And I understand that that cannot only be accomplished on a Sunday morning. But we're going to start it this Sunday morning. So here is what we're going to do. First of all, as the band plays here in just a few moments, I want you, I'll give you the, the, the signal. I want you to stand to your feet at that moment, and we're going to allow you a period of time to go and fellowship. That means that you just don't go. Some of you just need to go and introduce yourselves because you don't even know one another's names. But for some of you, you need to, in fact, I want to challenge you to go further than that and actually look one another in the eye and, and, and see past the fake smile and get to know them in their life because you are sitting in the same room as certain individuals who have had a terrible week. And they need somebody that will look them in the eye and say, hey, I'm with you. And so we're going to give you some time to be uncomfortable. Because I know that's what it's going to take to stretch. I challenge you to stretch this morning and to get to know one another. And then secondly, at the given moment, the praise and worship team is going to begin to sing. And the types of songs, you'll hear it when it happens. They'll begin to sing about what Jesus has done for us. 
And at that moment when you sense in your praise and worship that you've had this encounter, this face-to-face experience with Christ and you recognize the grace that He's given and the power that He's enabled us to have because of His sacrifice, then we're going to follow the example of the believers on that day. And we have two stations, one on my right and one on my left, prepared for you with the Lord's Supper. And we're just going to let you at your own convenience, right at the moment when you sense you're encountering God as a family or individually, it's up to you to make your way to one of these stations and to serve yourself the bread, which represents his body that was broken so that we could be healed. And His, we're going to take the juice to represent his blood because there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. Anybody thankful for the blood this morning? That's what they did on the day of Pentecost. That was a result of the power. I want you to stand with me this morning. I know this is different. I know this is different. But we're just going to do what the disciples did, and we're going to believe that God is going to do great things in our midst. Father, I pray this morning as we seek your face together in times of worship, in times of prayer, in times of praise, in times of fellowship, that your presence would be significantly noticeable this morning. And we would know that you're here and that you're moving in our midst. I pray that you would tear down walls and barriers and facades. And that you would enable us to become everything that you want us to become. Let our power come from you. In Jesus' name. As they play, would you move out right now? Meet somebody. Get to know somebody. I challenge you. Find out who's hurting. And then in a moment, we're going to shift gears and worship the Lord.
As you partake today, we just ask that you be sensitive and accept what God has already provided, what God has already done. It's already there. You just have to open up and accept it this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're my healer, 
you need to hear that deep in your hearts this morning? There's nothing too big for God today. fellowshiped and they broke bread but the Bible also clearly states that there was a third and fourth result the third result was that they prayed for one another this is how we're going to do this this morning I want my leaders to come Tina Esther uh, Keisha if you'll come up here we've got several others but they're involved in other aspects of ministry this morning they're going to stand here on the front and if you have a special need this morning that you would like them to agree with you, that's fine. You can come and they will gladly lay hands on you. I would encourage you, if you've not received the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, this is a perfect opportunity. What better day than the day of Pentecost to get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? But I wanted to go further than that because that power is not just wrapped up in them. It's in you. Our issue is that we buy the fake smile and we buy the act. But I'm asking you this morning to allow the unction and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in and through you in such a manner that you can recognize the pain in other people. And so what I want to encourage you this morning is that the Holy Spirit may speak to you and send you to pray for somebody. I know we've got special needs. David shared one with me this morning. A friend uh, just had a stroke that is completely debilitating. Lost his memory physically. He's, he's just, it's a bad deal. I know House and Angie have three separate requests. One for her mama, one for House's continued healing. One is a, a, a private thing that's going on in their life that they're, they're asking God to work a miracle there are others. They're not the only one. There are others. There's those of you in this place that have financial needs. What they did is they prayed because they knew nothing was impossible with God because power had come. The second, the fourth thing that happened, they, they fellowship, they broke bread, they prayed for one another, and we're going to pray. 
But the Bible also says is that they were involved in the daily discipline of praise. I want to tell you this morning that there is a discipline required to put praise. It's called the sacrifice of praise. And we're going to keep it soft so that you can pray for one another. But at a given moment when we sense that we're moving out of that season, we're going to shift gears and we're going to go into praise. And I want you to, whatever you have to do, stand up, sit down, lay down, dance, shout, jump, whatever you got to do to express your gratitude for what God has done. And we're going to praise together. Let's pray for one another. Father, I pray that as we go into this season of prayer, that you would reveal needs, that you would give us a spirit of intercession, that we would carry one another's burdens and that we would be able to lift one another up in prayer and that we would see a move of your spirit for miracles. In Jesus' name.
fellowshiped, they broke bread, they prayed for one another, they praised. If you'd have stopped right there, it would have been a good church service, but it would have only been a pep rally because the fifth and final result is perhaps the most important, and that is that when the power came, the Bible says that souls were one every day every day and so my question to you this morning is is if the powers come when was the last time in your own personal life that you saw someone that you had a hand in a, bringing someone to know Jesus for the last four or five months we've been praying over our movers we've seen 27 people give their heart and life to Jesus I'm extremely thankful for that there's only one issue and that is, is that we ask everyone that attends, attends our church to write down 10 names. And most of you were able to do that. And 27 is a great number, but the truth is, is that's only the tip of the iceberg. Hundreds of people still to be saved. What I want us to understand is that this is not just some routine we go through on Sunday morning. But the very fact that God poured out His Spirit upon us and He dwells in us is to empower us to get involved in the harvest. That's what it's about. So I want us to get our mover cards this morning and I want us to pray and ask God. We don't have to ask Him about the harvest. The Bible declares that the harvest is ripe. It's ripe. It's ready to be harvested. He says the only issue is the lack of workers. And so he says pray for laborers. We're going to pray over these people this morning. We're going to believe that something is going to change in the atmosphere. And because of the power that is indwelling us, that we're going to be able to enter, encounter these people. And they're going to be drawn to us. That's what it says. It says that people were drawn to them because they were pleased with what they saw. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to make us contagious. So that these people will be open for the right word at the right season. And God will use us. Let's get our mover cards. Father, right now I pray for the people that you've placed on my heart. God, some of them are so extremely close to encountering you. They just need a nudge. I pray that you would do that this morning. I pray that you would draw them by your power and by your might into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, there are other individuals on my list that are a long ways from you. They seem to have no interest in knowing you. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in me that you would draw them to me so that I can draw them to you. God, I pray over every one of the individuals listed on our cards. I pray that you would cause them 
to get to know you. I pray that they would hunger after you. I pray that they would desire you because of what they see in us. God, I pray that we wouldn't turn them off. I pray that we wouldn't disappoint them and disillusion them and cause them to be distracted. But I pray that instead, when they look at us, they would see you and they would want what we have. We claim every soul, every friend, every family member, every acquaintance, every co-worker, every classmate, every neighbor, every individual listed on these cards, we claim them by the power of the Holy Spirit operating through us. We claim them as the, the prize, the trophies that you've called us to win. Use us in your harvest in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you've never asked Him to come into your heart and made Him Lord. Or perhaps you've known Him and you've wandered away from Him and you're not where you need to be. We don't want to leave here today without giving you this opportunity to encounter God. That's what it's all about. If that's you, you don't know Christ, you haven't prayed and asked Him to come into your heart, we want to help you this morning by agreeing with you in prayer. We promise we will not embarrass you, but we will pray with you. If that's you, would you just quickly raise your hand? No one's looking around and pull it right back down. Is there one that doesn't really know Jesus as their personal Savior this morning? Today is your day. Today is your day. Father, we thank you that we are in your presence and that you love us and that you have empowered us to fellowship with one another, to get intertwined in one another's life. This isn't just something we come to on Sunday morning. We actually get involved in one another's lives. And, Father, we're thankful for our brothers and our sisters, family members. That's who we are. We're family members. And I thank you for my family this morning, oh God. Father, I thank you that you give us the privilege of sharing bread with one another. We can break bread and fellowship and commune not only with one another, but we can commune with you. And Father, I pray that you would give us a spirit of prayer. We would utilize the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we would recognize that you called us to bear one another's burdens and we wouldn't just pray for one another on Sunday morning, but our lives would be marked by prayer. We pray for one another. We're, we call to mind one another. And Father, we praise you that we have the opportunity to praise you and to worship you and we give you glory and honor and power and praise because this is not about us this is about you we cannot take credit for this because the bible says that it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit so we praise you i pray that as we praise you in a spirit of unity it would draw people they would be drawn to our sound produced by our unity and Father, we thank you in advance for the souls that we're going to see saved into your kingdom. Send us out. Don't let us be camouflaged Christians. Don't let us be undercover Christians. Send us out in the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit to witness for you. It's our only hope. It's their only hope. It's your only hope of changing this world is for believers to operate in the unction and the power and the anointing of the Spirit. And so, Father, this morning we praise you and we give you glory. 
And everybody said, amen. As we sing one last song before you leave today, would you just glorify God for his presence and his power this morning? Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Father, now I bless this group of people. 
And I pray that just like on the day of Pentecost, when those disciples exited that room with power and authority and anointing, and souls were saved every day in your kingdom group, I pray that you would do the same in our lives. I pray that we would operate in the power that we have been so privileged to receive. I pray that you would shine upon these people and shine through them, and we will praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. You're free to go this morning. Thank you for being at Passion today. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 